With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Myron Metcalf here filling in on 1500 ESPN here on a Friday. Sports talk, plenty of sports talk to get to. Been an interesting day uh, around the country, around sports. You had the Twins last night. Otani might be, I don't know, is he Babe Ruth? I don't know who he is. He's he, He might be something that, not that we haven't seen. We haven't seen it in modern times, but... He may live up to the hype and be something we we definitely haven't seen in modern baseball history with the way he's playing. You got Dwayne Casey gets fired by the Raptors, uh, former T-Wolves coach Dwayne Casey, after having a 59-win season being the number one seat. There's just so many things happening. We're going to have Courtney Cronin on at 4 o'clock to talk a little bit about the Vikings. Uh, I'm going to have my man, Coach Larry McKenzie, at 5 to talk about uh, why this is such a great time for high school hoops and there's so much potential there to to build a program, I think, locally, given some of the talent that is cropping up. And, you know, we're also talking about Richard Bettino and where the Gophers are going and why him requesting a plane is not a crazy thing in 2018. But that's not where I want to begin. I want to talk about uh, something that happened to me the other day and made me feel and realize that I'm much older than I think I am. Hmm. And I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I take my daughter's bowling, and we hit it at the right time where we kind of had the place to ourselves. Like, I didn't rent it out, but I kind of hinted that I did. You know, like, sure, yeah, I got the sure. place to ourselves. And you get to Remind request, me, how old are your girls again? Uh, 10 and 8, right? Okay. My oldest are 10 and 8, right. then I have a young one. So I, I, I say to them, hey, we can pick whatever music. You know, we have a place to ourselves. I say, play some old school 90s kind of R&B, yes. hip-hop kind of stuff, right? We'll have a good time. We made it through two songs, two songs, and they were done. <laughs> we didn't even get we didn't even get to Hammer. We didn't even get to MC Hammer, which which can't touch this. I don't care what you think. Wait, it was a gr- great song. The girls were done with the music. Or they were the done, girls with the music. done with the bowl. No, they were done with the music. Okay, two songs into it, they wanted to go back to the the teeny bop pop sure stuff, <laughs> the Taylor Swift bop pop, whatever you want to call. I don't mm-hmm. know what it's called. All of a sudden, they wanted to go back. They were disgusted by my music. And it and it it made me feel like they they should appreciate the people who came before them because I don't care what you say. Eighties and nineties music was yes. amazing. Yes, eighties and nineties music. We didn't have all the the synthesizers and the auto tune and the special effects. We just had good singers. Well, everybody wanted a good singer. We had good singers. We had good songs. And now these these youngsters are looking at my music and, and saying it's it's what is this? My my eight year old. Ask me if MC Hammer made Can't Touch This in the 1940s, people. 
What? She thinks it's that far. That's, that's, <laughs> it's, it's like this isn't even music to her. So let me ask you a question. Um, because I you know, tend to introduce music. My boys are younger than your kids. Mine are six and three. But was there a point when they were younger, your girls I'm talking, was there a point when they were younger that you did play the music, old school music, and they loved it? Was there a point? Yes. Okay. There was a point, and, and it's really switched in the last couple of years. Because when of school. School, yes. and now their friends their are friends. listening to certain yeah. songs, and now it's like, you know, Five Direction or whatever name of these groups. I don't know what the names are. But like now, you know, it's like they're singing songs with their friends. So you got to be up on that. Mm -hmm. I'm listening to Radio Disney like three hours a day or something. Right. And it's not it's not as good as our music. But I'm trying to introduce them to some of the oldest stuff as well. Like MC Hammer and people can knock it. They can say he went bankrupt. Everybody, every kid wanted gold pants in 1992 <laughs> and 93. You got to have hammer pants. Everybody yes. tried to do the dance to the music video. Every single kid did that. These kids aren't creating that kind of effect. No you way. The, the, that kind of an identity with their with that Yes, yeah. they're not. They're not that kind of. They're not that kind of having that kind of cultural impact. Like a MC Hammer. You know, I I was uh, Wednesday, Wednesday night after work after I was done here at the station. I went to uh, Eric B and Rakim were at yes. Varsity Theater over in, over in Dinkytown, and I went there, and it was a great show, and and I knew it was going to be great because I love them. But afterwards, I'm thinking, man, these young people are they're they're just they missed out. Yes, they missed out like on. And and I'm not knocking. I'm not trying to knock the music from today and talking about you know hip hop or any any yeah, any yeah. genre of music. It's it's fine. But sometimes you just listen to older stuff and it's like, man, these young people they really and it may it did make me feel old. And I'm only 34. Yeah, you know, it's a little trend. Like today's music is more trendy, right? Yeah, it's more here today, gone tomorrow. Like back then, I, feel, I say back then, like Kurt Cobain. Like there were there were artists who transcended mu- like everything, right? They they were icons beyond music and and today you don't, you don't have that these groups that are popping up every 10 seconds and you can't enjoy my music for one like a couple of like a couple of rounds of bowling mm-hmm. two songs in and you're done now i'm just gonna start playing all but 80s and 90s music it's part of it too forever. because this is the this is the moment that i fear you yeah. know my boys still think i'm okay they still yeah. think i'm kind of cool yeah and i know that that's not no. that that's gonna change and it's gonna change probably pretty quickly here yeah but and that's what I'm fearful of. But is that part of this that the girls are rebelling not only not not against your music, so to speak, but they're rebelling against you in some way? Definitely, definitely. Okay. I'm not I'm not cool anymore. I'm I'm definitely not. Like you would think, I tell them like, hey, Dad's got this job. I work for ESPN. Right. Travel around the country. Get you know all the sports. stuff. Talk sports. I'm yep. on the radio. They are not impressed. Sure. My. Eight-year-old thinks that I'm just at home doing nothing and wants to just be at home doing nothing because, like, I work from home a lot. She's sure. kind of like, "Well, you're just at home. Why don't I stay home?" No, that's not how it works. Right. <laughs> and now you now you add the music thing on top of it, and I've lost all of my cool. I've lost every ounce of cool I had, and I, I thought I had a bunch of cool points with them. Your cool card has been my revoked. cool card has been revoked. But like <laughs> '90s music, '80s music. You wouldn't have music today without some of those groups. But at some point, though, they will revert back. You know, for instance, yes. I always think because you know our guy Johnny Height, our news guy, he, yeah. he he and his kid have a really cool bond, and it's over over music. So, given that you know that's a big part of his life, yeah. I'm sure at some point his kid rebelled against him, saying, well, "I'm not going to listen to crap Dad listens yes. to. I'm going to listen to my own stuff." But then he said, "Oh yeah, Dad, Dad was kind of right on this." That's good. I, I hope that moment happens. Sure, I'm ho- because to me. 
you're gonna have to like Hammer. You you don't have to like <laughs> you don't have to like every song. You have to appreciate what that was like. Now I'm not gonna defend everybody in the '80s and '90s, right? Like, oh, there I, was some garbage back then too. Oh yeah. I don't know what to tell you about Sir Mix a Lot, right? I don't really know. I don't really know what to say. And if and if you want to laugh this weekend. Google the guy who accidentally got Sir Mix-a-Lot's old phone number. I heard about this it story. It is the most yes. hilarious story you will ever read. This guy accidentally got Sir Mix-a-Lot, you know, baby got back. So actually got his old phone number. Yeah. And it's just like two o'clock in the morning and people are calling him like, hey, daddy, it's me. And he's like, uh, this is not Sir Mix-a-Lot. This is John. See, at some point, you would have to do one of two things in that situation. Because I, I also know someone that obtained a celebrity's old yeah. phone number. That they not from here. They're they're out on the West Coast, and he got so annoyed with it, he started playing along. Yes, because I, he said because yes, you have to do one of two things. You either you have, have to go to back to Sprint or T-Mobile or whoever and say I, I need a that. new number because this isn't going to work you can't out. Change that number, or you have to play along, and that's what he did. And he had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Granted, it's it's annoying a lot of the time, but then you at some you just have to have fun with it too. Manny, would you change the number if you asked her? Makes a lot's old number. Cool. I would probably have some fun with it. Yeah, right? You got a little I bit. I would have some fun well, with it. Well, it would depend, too. Weeks, a little bit. Like, if you have Sir Mix-a-Lot's old number, that means you know who's calling you once in a while. But yeah. if you've got, you know, like, let's say you've got Taylor Swift's old no, number. No, you don't want that. You don't want that. You don't want Taylor. It definitely depends yeah. on who it is. Right. Having Sir Mix-a-Lot's old number would be pretty cool. We'll be back. We'll talk a ton of sports, trust me, throughout these three hours. Myron Metcalf filling in for Royce. Myron Metcalf back here on 1500 ESPN Sports Talk. So many things to talk about. To me, the biggest thing right now uh, that relates to what's happening in Minnesota is something that happened in Toronto. Uh, Dwayne Casey got fired today after a 59-win season. Man. Number one seed in the East. Uh, For most of the season, he was largely regarded as having the the deepest team. In the NBA, uh, in the the East, Coach of the Year, (laughs) which, by the way, he got fired right after winning Coach of the Year, which means never overvalue what your colleagues tell you about your performance. Only care about your boss. That's a great point. Like like everybody gets caught up in awards and honors. Dude, worry about what the people who pay you are saying to you, okay, at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are up in arms around the country about this thing. He's got a lot of people coming to his defense and saying, this is crazy. But, you know... I was wondering about this because I never feel bad in this situation because for two reasons. Number one, he's getting a lot of money to walk away Dude. because he didn't he just sign a contract. Just signed a deal. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so he's getting his money. Yeah. Again, it 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 does stink that he got fired for basically not being able to beat the best player that's ever played basketball. But yeah. the other thing is. If he wants a job tomorrow, he'll have one. He probably will get. I mean, there's he, yes, he got a raw deal, but I'm saying it's not like he? right. He's now going to be begging for money on the street. Ex- exactly. This okay. ain't this ain't Joe at the lumberyard getting laid off right. with no prospects. This is right. Dwayne Casey in the penthouse eating caviar, wondering what's going to happen next. And the phone is probably ringing. There are already rumors that he might be tied to Detroit, someplace like that. You said he got a raw deal, and I think a lot of people feel that way. I'm not in that camp. I'm in the camp where I say. You had an opportunity to beat LeBron James, which is obviously no one's been able to do that Mm -hmm. during this eight-year run. But if you were ever going to do it, it was going to happen with this team that has had so many moving parts and pieces 
uh, that got pushed to seven games by the Pacers. You're the number one seed. You have two all-stars. You have all this depth. If it's going to happen, it has to happen this year. You get swept. I can understand management going into the offseason thinking he's never going to beat LeBron. He's never going to elevate us to where we need to go. How that relates to Tibbs and Tom Thibodeau and what's happening with the Minnesota Timberwolves is that has to be the question for Glenn Taylor right now. Will Tom get this team to where it can go? Like whatever that ceiling is, is he going to get them there? And I think, guys, the most important factor in all of that is a young man named Andrew Wiggins. There were Mm -hmm. people who knocked Dwayne Casey because he didn't get enough out of DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. There were a lot of people who talked about that. I think they paid him $6.5 million in Toronto to somehow get the most out of DeRozan so that he's not on the bench in the fourth quarter of a crucial game, of a must-win game, so that he's not getting ejected in late in the third quarter of a game three. You've got to connect with that kid somehow. And that, to me, is the question going into this offseason. Wiggins has a lot of things he has to work on. I'm looking at Tibbs and going, can you connect with him in whatever way you have to connect with him? I don't know how to do it. I'm not a coach. Can you do that and get the most out of that kid, that player? I'm not sure that he can, but I think that is the big question right now. I've said it. I've been saying it for a couple months now that this offseason for the Wolves, that is Tom Thibodeau's number one priority is to try and get Try and get Andrew Wiggins back on the right track because he regressed tremendously on the offensive end. He got a little bit better on defense, and it didn't it didn't show because it was kind of overshadowed by his regression offensively. But he, you got he's going to get his money. Andrew Wiggins is going to get paid. Yeah, yeah. I've been saying this for weeks. He's going to get paid. So there's no more. I mean, we we got to stop whining about the contract now. He's going. The contract has been signed. He's going to get Joe Mauer all over again. Yeah. Right. Now the money's spent. Now the money is already exactly the money is basically already been spent. He's going to get it. Now you have to get him going in the right direction. Do you guys? uh, So I think a a topic that's interesting into the subject is: Did you guys hear Doogie today with Mackie and Judd? I did. Yes, and I know exactly where you're going with this. A bombshell, and I think this this is worth bringing up because Doogie is super plugged into what's going on over at Target Center, and I think that this is a big indictment Mm -hmm. onto the regime that currently exists over at Target Center and something that Glenn Taylor should be raising his eyebrows about. The assistant coach that was close with Carl Anthony Towns, I I don't know his name, but thank you, was just dismissed. Yep. Apparently, and Doogie said this on the air today, apparently he told Towns and other members of the Wolves uh, personnel that they are to not interact with Jim Peterson in any way. Jeez. And if that's true, that's not good. Not only is that an indictment on that guy as a coach, yeah. that's an indictment on Tom Thibodeau as a so coach. So it was Lagarza yeah. who, who who was saying right. that cuz I heard Doogie say something about somebody was telling assistant coaches not to talk to Jim Peterson. Well, Pete. regardless either of who way, it was, regardless of who it way, was, right. no one in that building is more worth going to <laughs> than Jim, Jim Peterson, Peterson. the guy that carries himself move. with class. That is the perfect ambassador for that organization. And is damn good at his job. I just I don't get that. Why why that to me strikes of, that to me strikes of little man syndrome. That to me strikes of an inferiority complex and something that people should be worried about yeah. getting the most out of a guy like Andrew Wiggins. That's really frightening. That's a huge red flag to me because and this is not just Tibbs. We were talking about this off air with Manny Tubby Smith. There are coaches yeah. who come here and they just don't understand Minnesota. 
They don't understand the culture here. And part of the culture here in order to succeed is you, you gotta, you've got to reveal yourself to some degree beyond who you are on the court because you got to be likable here. And, and there have been a number of coaches who, who I think have that personality, have had that personality. They just didn't share it. So then when times get tough, the only way to grade that individual is based off what you see on the court. And I feel like Tibbs is running into that sort of dead end, if you will. And it was the same problem he had in Chicago. He wasn't much of a people guy. He was a player's coach. But if you ask people around Chicago, around that organization, people I've talked to, they said, look, outside of that team, people didn't like him. They didn't like dealing with him. He wasn't, he didn't have that personality. Whereas we see the Brad Stevens and the Steve Kerr's, these guys who just understand how to interact with not only their players, but the public. It's a different kind of era. Well, and the, his biggest, the, the, the problem that I have is, you know, your job, whether you're a coach, a manager, whatever, your job is to get the most out of that particular talent that you were exactly. given. Exactly. And, and if Tom you're not Thibodeau's doing that, eight million dollars a year. And also on top of that, where there's eight smoke, million. there's fire. Bingo. You know, and there's there's just Bad. too much of that that's going on right now. That that I think there is reason for fans and for other people that follow this well, program to be and, worried. And here's the other thing with Tibbs too. And I kind of alluded to this a few weeks ago with the Derrick Rose signing and and all of that. And he's, you know, he he played well in the playoffs for them. And, you know, and I brought up the idea that, yeah, they're probably going to bring him, try and bring him back now because of how he played in the playoffs. Tom Thibodeau is, it's it's very much like the Brad Childress route where yes. Brad Childress was coaching the Vikings and, you know, he would bring in, you know, he'd bring in some of these guys that he had in Philadelphia when he was under Andy Reid, you, you know, uh, who was the guy who made the big, the big, the big catch against Greg the Lewis. Greg yeah, Lewis. He was the a Philadelphia catch. guy. Only Billy only catch the whole time here. Hank Basket. Hank Basket. Yeah. Hank Basket. And, and who was married kinda, to that model, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Kendra. What's her name? Kendra. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, and Tibbs has kind of done the same thing where, and that was kind of my fear. Now, look, Jimmy Butler and Taj, good players. Yeah. But Derrick Rose, come on. I mean, it, it's just, it 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 kind of reeks of just not really wanting to branch out. And Brad Childress was very much the same way with the Vikings, and it was the same thing with the personality and everything, too. So Here's the one problem Childress got to an NFC Championship game. <laughs> yeah. He did. Let's continue this later on uh, when we come back here on 1500 ESPN. Now let's head out east and get the Your Money Now report. It comes to us courtesy from our friends down in Owatonna, Minnesota. At Federated Insurance from the Wall Street Journal, here is Bruce Vail with Your Money Now. And we had mixed results to close out the week on Wall Street, but it was a pretty good week for the major indexes. Today, the Dow Jones Industrial Average rose 91 points for a seventh straight gain, and the Dow closed at 24,831. The Nasdaq Composite fell two points. The S&P 500 gained just four, but all three indexes were up at least 2% this week. Shares of C.H. Robinson Worldwide gained more than 2% today. The freight transportation company said it is adding 15 million shares to its share repurchase program, which had 1.2 million shares remaining. The Eden Prairie company also announced a quarterly dividend of 46 cents per share. The Postal Service today placed most of the blame for a $1.3 billion second quarter loss on inflexible government policy. The agency also partially blamed inflation and a decline in first-class mail but it did not blame its delivery deal with Amazon, as President Trump has done recently. The Postal Service said it would take urgently needed legislature and regulatory changes to return to financial stability. I'm Bruce Vale with Your Money Now on 1500 ESPN. 
Okay, thank you very much, Bruce. We're going to let you go right, uh, because uh, we've got a pretty serious traffic situation to talk about. Uh, and this report sponsored by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Southbound I-35 closed at Highway 22 in Wyoming due to a very serious crash involving a motorcycle just south of there. All traffic being forced off the freeway in Wyoming. Northbound I-35 by, uh, bad from right around Highway 8 up to Wyoming due to the Gawker effect. Sounds like it's going to be closed for up to three hours. You have enough things to worry about every day. Insurance shouldn't be one of them. You can leave worry behind when Liberty stands with you. Liberty. And now welcome back to 1500 ESPN. We've got a sports update with John Hype. Thank you very much. Cloudy and 49 degrees. Twins Angels again tonight on the West Coast. Same two teams uh, playing as did last night. Of course, the Angels taking the opener of the series. Lance Lynn goes for the Twins tonight. Lefty Tyler Skaggs will be on the mound for the Angels. No relation to Boz. No they are not related. <laughs> not we discussed related. that earlier. Sorry. Links with their second preseason game tomorrow. They'll play Chicago. Uh, that is a night game tomorrow at the Target Center. Soccer on this station tomorrow afternoon. Minnesota United plays the San Jose Earthquakes at TCF Bank Stadium. 12.30 pre-match, 1 o'clock kickoff at 1500 ESPN. News notes from today. Authorities say they removed over 40 live cats and 60 dead cats from rural Farmington mm. residents oh, after man. executing a search warrant. Also among the animals removed, five live dogs and one dead rabbit. Oh, a farm goodness. hog and a guinea pig were also Wait, a farm hog inside farm the house? Ho- Wait. And present on the property, not in the house. Oh, It's kind of hanging out? Just hanging out, exactly. Animal Humane Society in Golden Valley and the Dakota County Sheriff's Department were investigating a criminal animal cruelty complaint. The woman caring for the animals was arrested at the scene. The Dakota County Sheriff's Department confirmed the woman was Casey Lynn Bregel. The animals were recovered on a follow-up visit yesterday. Keith Streff is... Mom, Dad, I'd like you to meet Casey. (laughs) uh, She loves animals. Really loves them. Uh, Keith Streff, a senior humane agent with the Animal Humane Society, said the individual leasing the home also owns and operates an animal rescue. Matter remains under investigation. The chief executive of one of Minnesota's two medical marijuana manufacturers has left the company after a couple years of financial losses. The Minnesota Department of Health confirmed that it received notification from LeafLine Labs that co-founder Andrew Bachman no longer was at CCO. Bachman no longer with the company in any official capacity, that according to a statement from the company. Statement didn't give a reason for Bachman's departure, and a company official didn't immediately respond to questions. But LeafLine has struggled since medical marijuana sales began in 2015 in Minnesota. Cottage Grove-based company lost $6.9 million in its first two financial years. Two top executives left LeafLine last year, and it temporarily scaled back its operations in November during a supply shortage that Bachman blamed on lab testing delays. This is the only state where you can lose money selling weed. Well, you know what I was going to say? <laughs> Seriously, meanwhile in Colorado, the, the, the billions. Whole, yeah, the state is making billions. Yeah. But in this state we're losing 6 million. We are also the same state Kenny that lost money at go for football selling alcohol. <laughs> That's true. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. God, we're dummies. Is there no surprise that this is the state that invented prohibition too, by the way? <laughs> So it all goes not a good track record. That's yeah. not a good track record.
Uh, do you want me to do this yeah, now, John? Yeah, want to, Kenny? Yeah, I want to mention just one more time, southbound I-35 closed at Highway 22 in Wyoming due to this very serious crash involving a motorcycle. I'm hearing rumors now that it will probably remain closed for the next three uh, three hours. All traffic on southbound I-35 being forced off the freeway in Wyoming. If you're on northbound I-35, the backup kicks in right at Highway 8, and you're doing about two miles per hour up to the scene of this crash. And this is going to affect outbound traffic for the rest of the day uh, so this is uh this is an ugly situation between forest lake and wyoming oh my god it, it looks horrible yeah yeah, yeah. it really it, does it's grim the city of minneapolis poised to pay one hundred ninety three thousand five hundred dollars to settle a lawsuit filed by a tv anchor whose personal information was repeatedly looked up by police officers the Star Tribune reporting that Alex Kendall's case is among many involving officers who clicked on the state's driver and vehicle services database to look at photographs, addresses, and driving records of dozens of Minnesota residents, including a lot of local celebrities. The Fox 9 morning show co-host sued. The City Council's Ways and Means Committee approved paying her one hundred fifty grand plus $43,500 in attorney's fees. The settlement now goes to the full City Council for approval. Kendall also settled last year with St. Paul for $33,000 in a case against that city. Did I read something about she had to take it to appeal first? Uh, uh, I don't think so. She, she I, what okay. I read, I think she just took it to court, and from that point, they decided to settle. That's what? just weird. Yeah. yeah, and what what do they think they're going to find? Yeah, I, I, mean, the, I can't speak for them. The next, I, I'm not there's sure. nothing there but records, boring records, and she's Alex Kindle. I mean, she's li- lived a golden life. Yeah. There's I, nothing to I, find. Perhaps, uh, although you don't want to think this, but a dress, maybe? Uh, the addresses? Boy. Uh, blah, blah, blah. It ain't well, good. No, no. She's a no. wonderful human being. I, yeah, have you guys worked with her? Uh, no, but I, I've, you know, in the biz. I did get to work with her for about a year. Uh, remember KLXK? Long time ago, classic is, hits. Is she as cool as she comes Very off? cool. Yeah. I was I was a part-timer, and I was basically the fill-in for air shifts and for her shift. She was the news person. Were you yeah. as annoying and pompous about music on that station as you are on this one? <laughs> uh, probably more. Probably more. No, she was great. She was uh, really, really good to work with. Anyway, any who's... <laughs> Couple TV notes. Fox has canceled the cult favorite cop comedy Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh! Surprising. Yeah, There's a huge rush online though. Uh-huh. People are trying to get it back. Like, will this go Family Guy? I won't be surprised if another network or somebody yep. picks this up because there's an online. It was pretty push good. Somebody. I thought it was. It yeah. was. I didn't watch it regularly, but the episodes I watched, I thoroughly enjoyed. I didn't as, enjoy it as much as Reno Nine One One. Reno Nine One was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it was a uh, guy I went to college. Well, I don't, he was before me in Mankato. But the cop, the the one black cop, went to Mankato. Oh, what? Really? really? He's a Mankato grad. He was uh, a, no way. Cecil. Uh, he, he was a, uh, Cecil. Uh, I can't think of that. He was a theater major at Mankato. Go Mavs. Wow. Go Mavs. He's one of us, uh, man. Look it up. He uh, is a maverick. As mine said, the uh, people are asking Cedric? streaming services like Hulu and Netflix, Netflix to pick up yeah. the series. The show is currently in its fifth season. Viewers and cast members already knew the show was in danger of getting axed, although the show has a loyal following. Uh, never had great ratings. And uh, the uh, show, if you haven't seen it, stars Andy Samberg, Andre Brower, and Melissa Fomero, among 
others. Have I gotta guys, think like TBS or Comedy Central or something. Some, I mean, there's an online push. It up, right? Yeah, yeah, there's an online push. The guy's name was Cedric Garbro. Cedric yes, Garbro. I'm looking Yarbrough. him up right now. Cedric. I did not know yeah. he was a Mav. He was a Mav. right here. Attended Minnesota State University. No, first of all, it's not. Minnesota. I know the black dudes it's that went Mankato. to Mankato State University. <laughs> hey, Re- Reavers. Yes, I know the black dudes that went to Mankato. Right? <laughs> 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 you, you ain't got to. <laughs> just so you know for the future, you don't have to look anything up. <laughs> I, I got the list. You guys were the my guys pocket. that looked at me and went, oh, shoot, the white guy's here. Let's, <laughs> party's over. Party's over. Go home. Go to Cherry Street, loser. You aren't hanging out with us. Hey, as long as I got that free $5 cup, I was fine. Anybody could come to that party. This is really sad because he's about my age. He's, he was a Mankato he's guy. guy. He's a guy. He's a Minnesotan. He's a Mankato guy. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one other TV note, uh, Adult Swim's Rick and Morty is coming ban, uh, back, but fans will have to wait. Season three just wrapped up. Uh, the good thing is these have been 10-year seasons, or 10-episode 10, 10 seasons the first mm. couple of years. Uh, they just promised 70 more episodes. Wow. So that would cool. mean seven more seasons of the show. You ever seen it? Yeah, when you're up in the middle of the night, you can't sleep because yeah. you've got demons uh, gnawing <laughs> at your brain. This, this show does not help the uh, demons. I, I know, but it's something to watch other than the garbage that's on in the middle well, of the night. Uh, yeah, this is There's a, a lot of garbage on. This is a favorite of my son's. That's the only reason I know it. It's a very strange show, though. It's is very, it? very odd Don't show. you have DVR? Can't you watch something else that's not live? That I haven't seen a hundred times oh, already? All right. <laughs> Speaking of that, um, we were talking cop shows. Have you guys seen the show Barry on HBO yeah. Sunday nights? I've heard uh-huh. great things about yeah. it. I haven't started yet. With, I've heard good things. With Bill Hader. Yeah, it's worth watching. It's really good. It's, Barry, is it about the guy that Rook texted us about the other no, day? No, you've used that joke before, though. Dang it. Uh, <laughs> seven or eight times. <laughs> it, it's very, very dark. A dark comedy. Very dark. Uh, back in 2016, a Minnesota mushroom hunter came across a unique find. <clears throat> A pair of mushroom hunter. A pair of hey boys, look what I found! A pair of conjoined deer fawns. Oh, I saw this photo. According to the University of Georgia, where the fawns were studied, the deer will be making their way back to Minnesota. Can you imagine finding that when you're on shrooms? Oh, Oh, I bet he freaked out. Oh yeah. You know, he calls him. You're never gonna believe this. He knows those morale this. mushrooms don't oh make you high, goodness. right? <laughs> I maybe should have changed the lead of the story. Yeah. Just said a Minnesota man, perhaps. Oh, How do you think that double-headed fawn tastes, Kenny? Good and tender. A skeletal display will be kept at the University of Minnesota Veterinary Anatomy Museum. Uh, they were located near Freeburg in May of 2016. When studied by researchers, it was learned the twin deer had two separate necks and heads, but shared a body. Wow. Researchers determined the two deer were stillborn. According at, uh, to the University of Georgia, there have only been two cases ever of conjoined twins in white maybe the, deer. Maybe the deer was on mushrooms or something. something. <laughs> Mushroom hunter sounds like a job you make up when you're trying to impress a first date. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, hey, what do you do for a living? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a professional mushroom yeah, hunter. Absolutely. Uh, botanical. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I went to school for that. Hey, before we go to break, I want to mention one more time. Southbound I-35 closed at Highway 22 in Wyoming due to a very serious crash involving a motorcycle. All traffic, <clears throat> excuse me, all traffic on Southbound I-35 being forced off the freeway in Wyoming. Looks pretty nasty. We'll be back after this. 59. Welcome back. 1500 ESPN. Myra Metcalf filling in. Uh, we were talking about the Timberwolves earlier, and I was trying to tie it to the Dwayne Casey situation. How basically, he, 
he wasn't fired for performance specifically as much as he was fired for this idea of what he's probably not going to accomplish if he's back for another year. I think the executives in Toronto said, look, you're going to run into LeBron again, and you're not going to get over that hump. And we know you're not going to do that because your best players were disconnected from that game, from that series. Yeah. And we got to find somebody who can find a way, Manny, right, to to get the most out of DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. And I was saying that Tibbs is in the same boat, especially with Andrew Wiggins. Uh, he's got to figure that out. But you got a stat, Manny, I think about uh, coach of the year, I believe. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's just a really interesting stat uh, from Tim Reynolds, who covers the NBA for the Associated Press. Uh, he says Dwayne Casey's firing becomes the 242nd NBA coaching change since Greg Popovich took over in San Antonio. <laughs> wow. There oh have my been, goodness. Then he says there have been 117 changes since Eric Spolstra, the league's second longest tenured current coach, was hired. And then uh, my guy Sean Hyken, wow. who used to cover the Chicago Bulls, uh, for the athletic, he says uh, Terry Stotts, head coach of the Trailblazers, who they just got swept out of the playoffs by New Orleans in the first round, is now the fourth longest tenure coach in the NBA behind Pop, Eric Spolstra, and Rick Carlisle. He was hired in 2012. Wow! See, that's see. Here's what I, I two hundred and forty. That's crazy. Coaching that's changes insane. since Pop took over. That's twenty years, basically. How amazing is his run? Has his run been? That just like solidifies it, right? Like how great he's been, and how hard it is to find. Let me a coach that sticks. Let me ask both of you because you guys both follow the NBA very closely, and I'm more casual. But name the second longest tenured coach because I can't it's even. Bolstra. No, it's is, that, is that what you just said? Spolster, yeah. and you said, well, you wow. said, wow, and he just started when when LeBron went yeah. there, right? Wasn't he? Didn't yeah, he, he came no, under Riley. He was there. Well, no, he was the head coach for a couple of years before that. Because okay. remember, Stan Van Gundy was coaching oh, Miami that's right. when, yeah, they, yeah. when they traded for Shaq, and they won and the championship. They won the championship. They fired Stan Stan Van Gundy the year that they won the championship. Riley and Pat took Riley over. took over, that's and then right. Pat, Pat Riley stepped away from coaching and hired Eric Spolstra, wow. and that was in like. 2008, you know, 2007, 2008 ish. That, that also makes me think. You know, the, the the term longevity, nothing, is just gone and out the window. And I totally get that, but it makes me have more respect for the organizations like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh yeah, the yeah. the organizations that say, "Listen, we know we're going to have ups and downs, and that's just how sports work. It's it's yeah. cyclical. And Everything is. You're nobody is the New England Patriots. No, yeah. But you look at like Casey's record. I've got it in front of me. It's it's incredible what he's done and. To me, it looks. I have to ask the Toronto Raptors. You're the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, what do you? What do you you're expect? not the Chicago <laughs> Bulls. You're you, not yeah. the. You know, you're not but one of these storied programs. There's. I mean, there. The flip side to that, though, Reavers, is that he was there for seven years. He had a lot yeah. of opportunities. Yeah, he was there for seven years, and he got them. It's kind of like. I kind of look at it like, remember Mark Jackson with the Warriors? Yeah, it kind of got him to where he as got far him, as they were going to go. He got him going in the right That's direction, but he was probably never going to be the one to take them to a championship level. And the Warriors made a change, and people questioned it at the time. They hired Steve Kerr, who had never been a coach at any level ever, just an executive. And the first year, they win the NBA title. They win 60-some games and win the NBA title. So, And, and that's a great example. Know. But that's a great example of, I think, Dwayne Casey got fired because they realized he wasn't going to take the Raptors beyond this. They were not going to get past LeBron. You can't get past LeBron, who was basically playing this season 
with Tito, Jermaine, Randy, and Latoya, <laughs> right? I guess Kevin Love is Janet. If you want to toss, toss, you know, make that comparison. If you're not going to beat this form of the Cavaliers that nearly lost to the Pacers, a young Pacers team, what are you going to do with another year? Like, what makes us think you're going to get better? And what I, what I both love and hate about the NBA is the NBA doesn't care who you are. They don't care about your name. They don't care about your reputation. They don't care if you're a nice guy. They don't care what your colleagues think of you. Han Dwayne Casey, coach of the year. Mm-hmm. They want to win at all costs. It's and results. It's yeah. results. But here's here's where it, this affects the Timberwolves, right? Something's happening in the NBA that hasn't happened in four years. In 2014-15, LeBron goes back to the Cavs. The Warriors win their first championship. We realize at that moment that we're probably going to see Cavs versus Warriors for the foreseeable future. There wasn't a lot of hope in the NBA. What you have in these playoffs, what has been created and generated, in my opinion, is a small sense of hope around the league where maybe we're a player away if you're the Pelicans, if you're the Utah Jazz. Uh, Who knows what the Oklahoma City Thunder will do this offseason. But the gap seems to be closing to some degree. Three through eight in the West, we're only separated by a handful of games, right? It was the Rockets, the Warriors, and everyone else. Not even a handful of games. In the East, it feels like the gap is already closed because LeBron looks as vulnerable as ever with this Cavs team. Boston is back in the Eastern Conference Finals without their two best players. A 76ers team is young, but they're coming. They're going to continue to get better. And the you, Pacers. Like you look you at the Pacers. Yeah. So, so I think what's happening among the teams that are kind of in that mix is they're going, now is the time, right? We have an opportunity in these next one to three seasons to maybe make that jump and end up at the top of the pile. And I think if you're the Timberwolves, you have to ask yourself that serious question. Is Tibbs the guy that can get you there potentially, that can do as much, do the best of any coach out there to move you higher on that list? And I wonder, too, because obviously LeBron was the big hurdle that Toronto couldn't overcome, but I wonder, too, how much of the success of the Boston Celtics under Brad Stevens led to the decision to dismiss yeah. Toronto because exactly. that seems to be the new trendy thing now. I, yeah. I guarantee you Toronto's going to go find that young, yep. up-and-coming Masai, Jerry, the, the GM, And they should, right? Yeah, I mean, well, that's what you're going to have to do. If you're, if you're firing Dwayne Casey, okay, I understand it, but if you're Masai Ujiri, the, the GM for the Raptors, now you better go find your Steve Kerr. Yep. You better find your Steve Kerr because... You know, that's that's why you're firing Dwayne Casey, because you want to find a coach that's going to take this group to the next level. I think it's a risk worth taking. Sure. We'll be back after this. Myron Metcalf back. Filling in for Royce on 1500 ESPN. I wish Royce were here for this. Uh, the Pioneer Press has a story about P.J. Fleck, who talked about Gophers football head coach uh, at the Owatonna Country Club. Oh, boy. And he was talking about, you know, it's been 51 years since the last Big Ten title. And his quote was, now, when you haven't done that in 51 years, that's very difficult to do in the new era of college football. 50 years ago, we were the Alabama football. We were that. 50 years later, we are not that currently. And here's going to be the thing that gets people riled up. This is what we are going to get back to. To grow, you must fail. (laughs) So it's not, I don't have a problem with P.J. Fleck. I mean, I've interviewed him. I've done stories about him for ESPN. Uh, But but I think those are the quotes that in a social media era, you've got to be really careful about. Because they'll stick with you for a long time. They will stick with you forever. And then when things get really rocky, 
People will bring those back. They'll up. Yeah. ruin you. It's I eat just, difficult conversations for I breakfast. I just remember a certain former Gopher football coach said, and when on the day he was hired, he said he was going to take the Gopher Nation back to Pasadena, and yeah, that it didn't, didn't. It didn't. I mean, he got him close to Pasadena by going to the Inside Bowl a couple <laughs> yeah. of times, but it, know, it, it wasn't was geographically close. <laughs> to you want to get something? You better bring They passed by yeah. Pasadena on the flight yeah. there. Right? He got to Pasadena times. though with Florida State. Yeah, won he a national did. Championship. Well, there, he but, probably yeah. went there on vacation. Yeah, probably, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's a nice part of the country. It wasn't. I'm still blocked by him on Twitter, by the way. Congratulations. Yeah, it wasn't the expectation. I'm blocked by him too. I believe. What'd you do? I don't. Just existed. I, no, I went to his house today. He got fired uh, when I was at the Star Tribune, and we knocked on his door. I, think. Oh. I don't think that was. I don't think he appreciated. Wait that. a minute. So uh, you didn't even tweet anything? He sought you out because he knew you were I at never, Reavers, I, I never tweeted at. I, I don't know. At I don't think I tweeted at him. I think he's, he's got a lot of people tied to Minnesota I, that he's got blocked. I'm not blocked by him. See, I'm uh, nice to Coach Brew. Me and him are tight. Surprisingly, I, I he's not his door. He, surprisingly, Royce's not blocked by him Interesting. Either, which, well, that's because they're <laughs> pals. He calls about his birthday. Oh, yeah. Give it give it time. Right. Give it time. <laughs> but, I mean, Fleck, again, this isn't... Wait. I get what he's saying. That's probably because Royce blocked him, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I get what he's saying. Yeah. But you can't say those kinds of things here if you don't want the Brewster... Comparison, right? I don't mind, and I don't mind. That that's the goal, but I get what. Yeah, I completely. Right, I mean, and, and that's the thing what? that could stick to him. And you know what, PJ? You better deliver now, man. Yeah, yeah you, you better deliver, and just be careful about the kinds of things you say, even in those casual settings. Okay, we'll be back more here on fifteen hundred ESPN.